We got a defensive tackle that the Oklahoma Sooners are in the top three, four. We're going to talk a couple of players that are heading to the NFL and what it means for those position groups. And it got a little recruiting nugget as well to discuss on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube, so subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. And Josh, uh, before we get started on just kind of the Oklahoma latest uh, on the football field, uh, I feel like it's important that we just kind of touch on the DeMar Hamlin situation. If you hadn't heard by now um, during the Monday night football broadcast between or game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, DeMar Hamlin collapsed um, and went into cardiac arrest. He was resuscitated um, on the field after eight, nine minutes of, of CPR. They did get a pulse back and took him to the Uni- University of Cincinnati Medical Center, uh, where according to the Buffalo Bills latest update, he is still in critical critical condition, still on the ventilator. Um, and so sitting waiting, uh, but just terrible, terrible news. And, um, yeah, Josh, our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to the Buffalo to DeMar Hamlin, first of all, his family, uh, the Buffalo bills family. Um, and then just all the players across the NFL, you know, this is one of those situations that whether you're the person that, that is touched by it or you're associated with the, the game, which it is, it's just a game. Um, everybody is kind of affected in some, some sort of, in some form or fashion, Josh. Yeah. And look, there's not, there's not positives in a situation like this, but it was, uh, if there's anything that you can say that was nice about the situation, I think it's that to me, love of a teammate, And, you know, love of a player, one out here. I think the NFL got the decision right to not continue the game. So that that part was good. The the donation side, it's been uh, honestly kind of incredible to see the outpouring of support. Just in some small way, shape, or form, fans donating there to DeMar Hamlin's uh, toy drive, I think it was, right? Just to show support for him and for his family. So that that was neat uh, from a fan's perspective, but just – Just a sad night in the sports world, so much so that, John, you and I discussed on this channel, and not to make this thing about us because it's not about us, but for Locked On Sooners, we always do the the live shows on Monday night. It didn't feel appropriate for us to do the live show on Monday night with everything that was going on and transpiring in Cincinnati. We sort of just made the call that, look, it's, it's not the right time to be talking about Oklahoma Sooners football with what was going on with DeMar Hamlin up in uh, Cincinnati. So just his... His family, we're keeping you guys in our thoughts here on the Locked On Sooners uh, podcast. We we hope, we're praying, we're thinking that we hope we're going to get good news. And uh, obviously, I mean, there's just no easy way to segue from that news. And uh, we just continue to hope that we're going to get some finality of good news here. Yeah, and, and you know, I think, I don't know, I'm hopeful, you know, the fact that they were able to get him back. Uh, so quickly that's a credit to the the medical staff that was there on the field on site uh, to be able to recover him you know if you're looking for something to kind of hang your hat on he's a young 
very athletic guy that that tends to bode well for people if they have a heart issue or a heart concern. So I'm not going to speculate as to what's going to happen or what might've happened or why it happened. But if you want something to kind of like hang hope on as a nurse that works cardiovascular intensive care, myself, people who are young fit, they generally do better. They have a better chance after something like this. Again, we're going to pray. We're going to continue to pray and send our, our warmest thoughts uh, out there to his family, to him, uh, to the University of Cincinnati medical staff, to the Buffalo Bills community as well. Bills Mafia, uh, Sooner Nation is in your corner as well. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk Oklahoma football as well because you know, that's what you're here for. We're, we're going to try to discuss that. I know it's not – there's no real – like Josh said, no real e- easy way to segue into this, but you're here for that. So we're also going to talk about that. Um, so, Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners are looking to kind of bolster their defensive front. Uh, you know, they got Isaiah Kobach, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, or on our last episode, actually, uh, which I think is good for the depth chart. It's good for the group. You know, he had some really strong numbers, finished tied for what, or sorry, finished fourth in tackles for loss on the season with eight, um, despite playing 80 fewer snaps than Jalen Redmond, just had a couple tackles for loss fewer than Redmond did on the season. So that was big, but they're still looking to kind of bolster that position group a little bit. Todd Bates, excellent recruiter. You know, they're getting Derek LeBlanc for the interior defensive line added Ashton Sanders, Marcus strong, but trying to get somebody with a little bit more experience, a little bit, you know, of college football snaps under his belt. And so they're targeting Devon Sears, Oklahoma, along with Tennessee and Penn state are in the running there for Sears. Texas state transfer by way of Ellsworth community college up there in Iowa. So this guy's taking a little bit of a roundabout way to the power of five, Josh, just kind of your impressions of, of Devon Sears. The circuitous, the, the scenic route is what Davin Sears has uh, taken. My impressions. I don't know much about him. You know, obviously I'm probably like some Oklahoma fans starting to learn about Sears as he finds his way onto the Oklahoma Sooners radar here. Hopeful that he picks Oklahoma because, look, Oklahoma will take as much defensive line, especially interior defensive line help as they can get. And somebody that is six foot two, 290, and has multiple years of eligibility remaining, why, why not take uh, a chance on somebody like that? The uh, statistical numbers look like this. 15 total tackles last season with Texas State, three and a half of which were TFLs, tackles for loss. The uh, the one sack in what was, I think, John, you started digging into some of the snap count numbers, not a full every down kind of player for Texas State. So you start thinking about, OK, well, if he translates at Oklahoma and, you know, really gets a full run of things, well, all of a sudden three and a half tackles for loss, one sack, it can be much more inflated uh, beyond just that. But from, again, what we keep talking about with some of these additions out of the transfer portal, if nothing else, from a depth standpoint, would love to get Davin Sears into the fold. And obviously, this is someone that a couple of programs out there view as a high, high major talent, right? When you're in the mix uh, battling both Tennessee and Penn State, that gives you the indication, John, that this would be a, a nice little recruiting coup for Oklahoma out of the transfer portal if they're able to uh, ultimately win the recruitment for one Davin Sears. So uh, don't know, again, a ton beyond sort of what the, the numbers look like. But uh, it, it would be a nice pairing to add with with Lacey and some of the other things Oklahoma has done on the defensive front out of the transfer portal. 
So just to dig into the numbers a little bit more, Davin Sears uh, was the eighth highest graded player, according to pro football focus on Texas state's defense, the second highest graded defensive lineman. I'd probably have to go watch some film just to see kind of what alignment they run. Um, But, you know, if he's your second interior defensive lineman off the bench, then you're probably running a three man front Uh, by snap count. That's the way it looks is uh, Nico Esidore was the number one uh, defensive tackle getting snaps. The other interior defensive line player after that, he was second among interior defensive line players in snaps with 355. So that might give you a little bit of an indication as to why maybe he's transferring is probably looking for more snaps. Uh, but again, to be the eighth highest graded player, according to pro football focus, that's not bad. That's, that's pretty solid. Uh, as far as pass rush goes, he was the sixth highest graded player on Texas state's defense. And then in run defense, he was the, where'd it go? The seventh highest graded run defender for Texas state. So, you know, from pro football focus's perspective, he's a solid player. Like at least he was for the Texas state Bobcats. Again, it's not super high level competition, but I mean, he was somebody that was not super highly regarded coming out of the, the Juco route only had three offers, but people like Tennessee, Oklahoma, Penn state, they've taken notice. So there's something there that these coaches are seeing. These position coaches are seeing that they think he can add something to their defensive tackle rotation. So intriguing prospect to say the least somebody that we'll kind of keep an eye on um, as if he does end up coming to Oklahoma, you know, spring practice, spring game, just to kind of see what he has um, in the tank for the Sooners potentially. So Josh, we've got a couple of players that decided to go to the NFL. I mean, they didn't really have any options left eligibility wise, but they're gone. What does it mean for the linebacker and the tight end group? We'll talk about that after we talk to you about LinkedIn. You need the right people on your team to help you, and your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why you head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college, where you can post your job faster and for free. It's going to set you up to find those people that you want to talk to again, faster. It's simple. You just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right set of skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free terms and conditions apply. I'm going to talk to you about bet online. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports from NFL to college football, MMA, boxing, NHL, major league baseball futures as well. Bet online is the place to go. If you want to get in on the college football playoff national championship game between TCU and Georgia right now, TCU is a minus 13 point underdog. I don't know with as many close games as they played this year. It'd be hard for me to bet against the Horned Frogs on that front. It's not my official pick just yet. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the week, but you can get in on the action over at Bet Online. Again, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Josh, Deshaun White, the cheetah, heading to the NFL. Uh, first of all, just kind of maybe what, are, what do you think his pro prospects are? A guy like him who, you know, played a lot at Oklahoma, um, wasn't overly dominant in any fashion or any form or fashion, but has a lot of experience does have some tools. It's just hard to, to kind of put a gauge on where he lands. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like Trey Norwood and Trey Brown, 
when they came out, you know, solid players for Oklahoma, but not again, overly dominant players. I don't know what to make of his NFL future. I hope that, uh, I hope he latches on somewhere just sort of judging by the NFL draft buzz.com profile out there. They've got Deshaun white listed as the 67th linebacker, which you're not getting drafted if you're the 67th linebacker. So hopefully if nothing else, he gets, uh, you know, you hope that one team, it only takes one throughout these next couple of months when you've got uh, obviously some showcase opportunities, workouts uh, at Oklahoma to have a team fall in love with you, right? So it only takes one team to fall in love with you. Hopefully that happens for Deshaun White. He is sort of in that undrafted free agent kind of realm uh, i think going into this thing which again just hope that there's an opportunity right for him to to sign on and get into a camp and then who knows from there he can fly around and put a hat on the football and make some plays again just judging the tea leaves out there i don't know that he's getting drafted john unless these next couple of months unless he just wows some people yeah that i kind of fall into that sixth seventh undrafted range for him um, like you said, it just takes one team to really fall in love and he's got some good traits. Like he's, he's got some decent coverage skills. He is an athletic linebacker. He can run a little bit. And so at, at worst, I feel like he could be a rotational linebacker for somebody and, and a special teams player, but you don't necessarily have to draft that guy. Like that guy could fall to you in undrafted free agency. But you know, if, if he does well, you know, in the combine or at Oklahoma's pro day, he could, you know, find himself with an opportunity. It, it, you know, it just takes a, a really good day, um, you know, and some of the testing drills that, that might surprise some people. Again, I wasn't sure that Trey Norwood was going to get drafted two years ago, and he was. So, again, it just takes one team to really like your tape, and he's had some games that he puts some really good tape um, good tape on. And maybe a defense has got some better talent around, around him. Maybe he plays a little bit better. Uh, the next one, Braden Willis, again, a guy that ran out of eligibility, heading to the NFL. I like his pro prospects a little bit better. Um, just speaking specifically, I think he could get drafted inside of five rounds. Now he's not going to show up on any top 10 lists as far as the top tight ends in the draft class. But the thing he does that's NFL ready is his blocking ability. He can step in right now and be somebody's tight end two or tight end three immediately. First day of camp, he can be a backup tight end or at, least, at worst a tight end three for somebody. His experience as an H-back allows him some versatility that he can line up in the backfield for some teams. And at the tight end position, most NFL teams, they want to be able to use that guy as a fullback as well so they don't have to take up a roster spot for a, you know a guy that might play 10 snaps. But a guy like Braden Willis, you might get him on the field 25 snaps because he can play in 12 personnel. He can play in 13, he can play in 23, he can play as your fullback uh, in 21 personnel. So I really like what Braden Willis can bring to a team. And then we saw him have a breakout season in 2022 as a receiver, a guy who's a leader that's going to stand out for NFL teams, a guy who has just heart and hustle. I look back at the, the play against, uh, I believe it was UTEP where Gavin Freeman takes the jet sweep. Um, in the end around and Braden Willis blocks two guys. And then he basically chases Gavin Freeman down the field and blocks a third guy to, to get him into the end zone. Just does everything really, really well. Um, just a really um, 
unique situation because for several years he rotated with Jeremiah Hall and Austin Stogner at the tight end H-back position, so wasn't able to get a full opportunity um, at tight end to fully showcase what he could do. But this year with Stogner gone to South Carolina, now back, Jeremiah Hall off to the NFL, Braden Willis got a full complement of snaps, and I think that really you know, is what allowed him to showcase his abilities. Um, so I think we might have Josh back now, Josh. Yeah. So your just your thoughts on Braden Willis and maybe his draft stock. You know, he, uh, kind of reminds me of another sooner that has carved out a nice little NFL career. He reminds me a little bit of Blake Bell in the sense that he has maybe not the elite athleticism that some other tight ends out there in this draft class would have, but because of the full portfolio of just his physicality, John, and he he is able to go catch the football, run with it. Not that he can't go make plays that a tight end would make, but because of his willingness to be an able blocker, right, to be physical uh, both in the backfield and at the line of scrimmage, Blake Bell's carved out himself a nice little NFL career, right? And I see some of those similar qualities for Braden Willis. I'm honestly, man – Look, I know there's some really, really good tight ends in this draft class when you start looking at at Bowers, Kincaid, right? Uh, Laporta at Iowa is a really nice tight end. There's some nice tight ends in this draft class. I don't understand why Braden Willis is so far down the board. To me, Braden Willis is somebody that absolutely you can draft and he can be a good pass catcher for you and kind of a, a Swiss army knife in terms of the backfield and blocking and some different things that he can do for you. So I just looking up and seeing the NFL mock draft uh, profile for him. They've got him as an undrafted free agent. Same thing with the uh, NFL draft buzz website. They've got him as an undrafted free agent. That to me is very surprising with Braden Wills. It's, you know, not to pick on Deshaun white or whatever, but I wasn't surprised to see that with Deshaun white. I'm surprised to see that with Braden Willis, that they don't have him even as a, flyer sixth seventh round nfl draft type projection i think he should get drafted i think he will get drafted and i can see him having a very productive career in the national football league not necessarily being you know your kittle or travis kelsey type but john a legitimate rostered tight end for a a series of years just because again he's a willing teammate great blocker and i think yes can can go catch the football and make some things happen afterwards you mentioned Blake Bell as you're talking, the name that really stuck out to me, and this might be because you're a Chiefs fan and I'm a Cowboys fan, is Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, not the most athletic player, but coming out of Stanford, what he did really, really well was block. He blocked really, really well for the Stanford Cardinal because they don't throw the football a lot. They run the ball, and he carved out a nice niche for himself uh, the first couple of years with Dallas and then became the starter when Jason Witten finally retired again and Blake Jarwin uh, – kept dealing with injuries, injury issues. Dalton Schultz got an opportunity to get on the field. Um, he had opportunities early because he was a good blocker, but then he started to showcase his pass catching skills. I think the same could be true for Brayden Willis gets on the field early because he's a, a good blocker, able to do some things in the run game, but then we'll find some opportunities, at, you know, maybe year two, year three to, to catch the football. So I think I'm surprised, I'm surprised with like you that maybe people are not, are not so high on Brayden Willis yet, but I think they're, I think he's going to be one of those kind of late risers. You know, maybe not enough people are talking about him just yet, 
but I'm seeing guys like Marcus Mosier of the Locked On Cowboys podcast and the Raiders Wire. He's talking about him as one of his favorite tight ends in this draft class. So the buzz is there for him now with at least one guy I know that I follow. I, I imagine that the buzz will continue to grow as we get towards the NFL draft combine and the actual NFL draft. So, but Josh, so for linebacker, for tight end, we can, you can pick whichever one you want to start with. Um, what does it mean for, let's start with linebacker. What does it mean for linebacker? You know, we're seeing Deshaun white go off to the NFL. Well, it means we're where we always knew we were going to be at the end of this season, which is Oklahoma's kind of got some inexperience at linebacker, right? We'll see, uh, you know, a Guaybu probably, you know, another player maybe you're looking at uh, replacing right there as well. So Stutzman, I think you got a bona fide star in the making. He's incredible start to his career. Uh, so you, you've, you've got that there. Then probably beyond that, you're looking at a couple of young linebackers that, need to grow up in a hurry and go be uh, go be players for you. And there's one name that I think Sooner fans have in mind and Jaron Canick that they're ready, right, to see an elevated role. Uh, Lewis, that's somebody that, you know, what does now true freshman into a sophomore season, what does uh, – or redshirt freshman season, what does that look like? Can he make a big leapfrog jump and potentially be a re- legitimate factor for Oklahoma? That's kind of where I think we're at, man, where you're counting on some younger guys now to step into leading roles and that's college football. You got one guy you feel really good about and then uh, maybe some unknowns beyond that. Yeah. You hope that these guys do grow into those roles. Now I think they've got really good competition. Excuse me at linebacker with the guys that signed in 2022, the guys they are bringing in in 2023. So I think there's going to be some really interesting competition that takes place to to figure out who fills David Aguebu's role, who fills the cheetah role for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2023 at tight end. I mean, thank goodness you got Austin Stogner back because now you have a really nice floor for what you're going to get at the tight end position. And if Jason Llewellyn and Caden Helms take a job or take snaps from Austin Stogner, potentially you're raising that floor and raising that ceiling of what the tight end position can be for you. Uh, It's going to be a really interesting position to watch on the recruiting front. Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners ended up in the top eight, for four-star linebacker Stacy Gage, um, along with you know high-profile teams across the country, including I don't have it right in front of me, but I'm getting it really quick: Colorado, Alabama, Florida, Penn State, USC, Ohio State, and Miami. Um, just your thoughts, just on Gage. I mean, it could be on Gage or just the big-picture view of the running back position. Well, just real quick uh, on the tight ends. I think we've touched on this before in the past, but the addition of Stongner is somebody that brings to Oklahoma great stability at the tight end position. Someone we've seen here in Norman produce in a big way. And I think, uh, you know, assuming that we get a decision on Gabriel soon that he's coming back, he's got a great signal caller to get him the football. And I think Oklahoma fans can look forward to a bunch of production from Stogner. If he can just stay healthy, that gives you a little bit more time to continue to slowly Add that seasoning to both Caden Helm and uh, Jason Llewellyn. So that part is uh, positive for Oklahoma there. And then, man, what else can you say about DeMarco Murray other than this guy's going to bring talented running backs to Oklahoma. You're with uh, some pretty big-time programs there when you look at you know Alabama, Ohio State, USC that you're 
you're jockeying for here. And I know that there's more beyond that, but just who 247 Sports list as kind of the warm programs in Stacey Gage's uh, list right there. That's to be expected when you're going after a blue chip running back. But, man, DeMarco Murray, year after year, he's going to land a top-notch running back, blue chip running back or two. Maybe Stacey Gage out of the uh, southeast is the latest. That's another angle there for Oklahoma, right, is we'll see if they win this little recruiting war. But, man, uh, another kid out of Tampa, Florida, that Oklahoma's right in the mix uh, right in the mix for. OU has, you know, Georgia – Florida, just anywhere on that kind of like southeast coastline, Oklahoma's starting to really make some inroads there with this staff. Yeah, and the last kind of predictions that came in on Stacey Gage came in back in March when he was a visitor with Oklahoma. Uh, Josh Josh McQuistian of Sooner Scoop at Rivals put in a future cast on Gage and Parker Thune, our guy over at OU. OU Insider and 247 Sports put in a crystal ball back in March. Now, that's a long time ago. A lot could have changed in those recruitments, and it's a long time until the early signing period, National Signing Day. But it gives you kind of an indication as to how he's, or at least how he was feeling at the time about Oklahoma. Again, a lot can change in a month. A lot can change in nine months or in certain circumstances a lot can change in 24 hours so who knows where he's at right now the other one uh, they got into the top 15 on kj bolden a top five player top five player in the 2024 cycle arguably the number one safety in the class um, down there out of georgia Uh, the oklahoma Sooners. i mean again it's the cream of the crop of college football georgia alabama south carolina tennessee usc Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Ole Miss, Oregon, like name a team and Florida State, Miami, all these guys are in on KJ Bolden as well. Um, Super athletic player. Just watched a little bit of his huddle. And I mean, this guy could probably start at wide receiver for a lot of power five programs, even though they're projecting him as a safety. Um, He's just a very athletic player, plays fast, is good with the ball in his hands after the catch. As a safety, I see a physical player, again, a guy who plays fast. And to me, that's the thing that stands out about what Brent Venables is looking for is he's looking for players that play fast. And this guy kind of fits the bill. Man, that would be a big time recruiting win for Oklahoma. You know, just with him being out of Georgia, I think most people, and I'm just judging here based on there's no crystal balls in for KJ Bolden, but they've got Georgia listed as warm and everybody else is cool. So at least early on, sort of the perception, it seems like from 24-7 sports is that Bolden would ultimately lean Georgia. But we'll see, right? This is a great recruiting staff at Oklahoma. And if you can combine it with a 2023 season that is ahead of schedule, maybe now all of a sudden in people's minds where Oklahoma goes out, wins the Big 12 championship, does some other things, uh, not going to totally put it beyond this staff's ability to sign a player like K.J. Bolden. And obviously, just the inclusion is uh, is a good sign for OU. Yeah, and it just goes to show that you know Brent Venables can still recruit the Southeast, even though he's outside of the Southeast. Uh, this connection comes back from his time at Clemson, but the fact that they're still in it, despite the move, I think is going to bode well for Oklahoma. I mean, they, they show that they can recruit Texas. They've shown that they can recruit in the past. They recruited California well. We'll see how much emphasis they place on California in the future, but the Southeast, Texas, those are going to be their big, you know, quote unquote, hunting grounds uh, for prospects in the future. But hey, thank you so much for tuning in. 
That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Again, we're free and available on all podcast platforms. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.